This is Legal Design Podcast, and we are your hosts, Henna Tolvanen and Nina Taivonen. This week we meet with legal designers Aku Nikola and Christine Inkinen from Dat Legal, a legal design consultancy from Helsinki. Aku and Christine tell us about their latest venture, the first ever legal design course organized for law degree students at the University of Helsinki. Besides discussing what design can offer for legal studies, Aku and Christine share their thoughts about becoming a legal designer and the latest insights from the legal design market. So nice to meet you, Aku and Kiki, and welcome to Legal Design Podcast. How would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners? It's great to be here. Thank you for having us. My name is Kiki. I'm uh, Christine Inkinen. Uh, I'm a recently graduated lawyer and a partner at Dot Legal. So we are obviously a legal design consultancy in Helsinki. So uh, how should I describe myself? I would say work-wise, uh, my main interests lie in all things sustainability. So be it like transparency or or uh, accessibility in in legal services like you know legal design or or then uh, just sustainable fashion and and how it doesn't basically exist so what if it if it has something to do with sustainability i'm usually quite interested otherwise outside work i i'm usually described as a this um serial enthusiast so i get chronically carried away with things i was actually just saying to to Apu today that i always struggle to to share some like key information of myself in in situations like these and i have recently realized that uh this is actually because i jump at new ideas and hobbies and then i just drop them after a year so it's it's a it's a never ending identity crisis for me <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's uh, it's great and it's awful at the same time and and a constant joke with my family so that's that's me in a nutshell <laughs> yes and the same same thing from here it's great to be here and first and foremost happy international women's day for all okay. of you, I'm the, I'm the you. only Yay, thank you. At least the only one who identifies as a guy, as a male uh, here. And uh, we discussed this topic with Kiki today about introducing ourselves, and it would be almost easier to like introduce, uh, like me introducing Kiki and Kiki introducing me. We have uh, basically the same characteristics. I'm also the like serial enthusiast, like uh, almost in everything. And uh, like work-wise, uh, my first priority uh, at the moment, at least, uh, is to make law more usable and understandable uh, in the situations where it matters. And uh, uh, I'm also basically a law school outcast. We can come back to it uh, later in this episode. But uh, uh, already when I was in law school, I started uh, learn uh, about design, uh, visual design, also the user experience side, and uh, maybe because I'm I'm interested in in beautiful things and also the things that that uh, are easy to use. So uh, I, I think that's my uh, my my introduction. Thank you. Great, thanks, guys. We're so happy to have you with us for an episode. It'll be interesting to hear your thoughts about legal design. Yep. As you mentioned, you both used the title legal designer. So could you tell us shortly what events in your studies or in your previous career paths maybe steered you to become legal designers? 
Yes, I, I don't know how shortly I can go through my path, <laughs> but I, 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 I will, uh, I will manage to keep it keep it short. Uh, so I have a pretty personal story as well. I have come up with a LinkedIn post which gained like thousands of likes because I was talking like openly about mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have faced like difficult times when it comes to social situations and uh, depression and so on. So I had a really tough start in law school because I was already like uh, trying to prove myself that I can get into the university. I didn't exactly know what I'm going to even like study about. Then I got into the law school and the first year was really like painful because I, I didn't like understand the, the, the whole thing. Uh, I didn't manage to like do that many of credits in the first year and uh but i quickly pretty quickly because i worked uh, worked myself like really hard throughout the whole year even though i didn't do any studies i was like balancing my my options and and like do i have something here that i could use for myself like when we're talking about law studies and then i i found the first meeting like uh like doing work in a legal company named Fondia, but not as a uh, uh, trainee or lawyer trainee. I was legal sales expert. So I had a background in legal sales. So this was my basically my entry to the whole legal field. And I, I learned that lawyers are not that bad <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a human. And the whole like legal field is, there's, there's lots to work with, but also like, uh, being in that environment, of course, Fondia might be a bit different from uh, like the general law firms, but I really enjoyed it. And I found also the confidence to like uh, be in this field. And then like fast forward a couple of years, I had my exchange here in Taiwan. I was there for one year and it was the first time when I actually had time to consider my my career uh, options. I was already on my fifth year. And uh, at that point, I was discussing with my, my good friends and colleagues, like, like, how do you see me or where do you see me? Like, like uh, taking a new perspective to my, my identity and my work me and so on and so forth. So uh, one of my best friends, uh, Sebastian, was working in, in a law company named Dotter. And he was like, you're a super visual guy. Uh, you already know about design. And I already knew about legal design through the legal design summits that you had been organizing as well. Uh, but that was the first step when I like introduced myself to Antti, our CEO, who was at time uh, CEO at Dotter. And like fast forward a few months and he spun out that from Dattir. Uh, I was the first employee and starting like my journey in, in that, I basically didn't know anything about the actual client work. I had about four months to study about it. I read a lot of books about service design. I got a copy of Antti's book. I watched tons of YouTube videos. So basically my, my <laughs> like, uh, uh, the most crucial part of my studies was that summer when I, I learned everything about legal design in four months, basically. So that's my uh, 
it wasn't that short, but that's my <laughs> story to become a legal designer. And after that, of course, classic rest is history. Uh, <laughs> I've been working here now for almost two years. Uh, I have become a partner. Uh, I have learned so much of legal design. And I think that's just uh, one example that like finding a workplace or place to like build your career, uh, it, it doesn't need to mean that you have to know everything already. I didn't know like nothing about legal design almost. And like when you have a couple of months to dedicate it, it can like, you, you, you can make it <laughs> in that time as well. Yeah, it's a very wow. inspiring story. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And um, thanks for being so honest. Yeah, of course, of course. That's the, <laughs> yeah, that's the number one thing. Like, like I'm a really social guy, but like the first year in law school have have taught me more than all my studies or my experiences, and about being like open about mental health issues and and all those things, and also like uh, it gives hope to people. I I, I think. At least exactly. all the messages I got like after like the, the LinkedIn post and and like like these things really matter. And every time I actually uh, did like applications to law firms as well, like on my third or fourth year, and I wrote like really op openly about my situation and like my history and so on. And I didn't get uh, even one like uh, interview uh, uh, <laughs> accept from the companies. So I think that also like uh, I don't say that, that my my uh, message was that good, but still like I think it tells a story because I was open open about everything with Auntie from the day one, and we are still on the same path. And uh, I think that's something that can really drive our whole whole. Uh, legal field forward my story is um it's it's a bit more straightforward probably um i i got into legal design at the legal design summit in 2017 i volunteered and there i just basically absorbed all these influences i think um i had this phase in law school before that time before 2017 where I was like super cynical about everything I was super cynical about uh politics influencing law and about about these uh, structures that we've built in the world and, and everything and then I think there was a smaller legal design summit in in 2016 and back then I I remember hearing about it and I was like well you know it's not going to make a difference so whatever might just roll over and die but then I think um it was a, a kind of like I was having a teenager phase <laughs> with law back then and then I think by the next year legal design summit came again and and a friend of mine was organizing it and she asked me to to participate and I think I had kind of like gotten over myself and probably grown up a bit and I was like well you know I just do something about things if I don't like the way things are. So basically that's why I, I got into Legal Design Summit. And then at the same time, um, during those days, I was working at a larger law firm as a trainee. And it was, you know, just starting to, to dawn on me that um, it was probably not the road for me. So then I just had to come up with something else, you know, because I, I had this feeling in, a, in the law firm that, and I think this is quite common, um, I, I was always asking why, 
And I like, why do we do things the way we do? Why, why don't we do this? And, and why do we write these contracts the way we do, you know? And I just couldn't basically get a satisfactory answer. So that's why I then eventually left and decided I have to find something else. And then, you know, during those times, this is already fast forward to 2020, is it, Taku? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, late 2020, yeah. I, I think when we yeah, had yeah, late our 2020. discussion. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, late 2020. So uh, during that time, then uh, Aku actually, obviously, we know each other from law school. So then uh, Aku just contacted me and asked, you know, what, what would you think about working as a legal designer? And it was just, you know, heaven sent, honestly. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I would have done without it. <laughs> So here I am, <laughs> quite happy with the decisions I've made so far. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and I think it was, yeah, it was clear for us as well. Like I introduced Christine, we, we, are, we are not maybe the best friends from, uh, from outside of law school, but we knew each other like really well from the law school. Mm-hmm. And I already knew like you can, I'm pretty sure that you, Nina and Henna already like, uh, like when you meet someone from the legal field, you already know what kind of mindset they're mm-hmm. having like towards yeah, like exactly. human centric you already know that so i even though uh, i i knew that kiki is working with like construction business and that sounded yeah. nothing <laughs> like i <laughs> i would like uh uh think about like uh, like Chris, christine so so that's that's why uh i introduced kiki to auntie and from the first meeting like talking everything else but like like uh our job like you discussed like one hour about like Finnish rap artists I I remember yeah, that's so that's, <laughs> I, that, that's that's the moment I knew that okay this is uh this is a perfect match that you have something else common as well but you also have the same mindset toward like legal work and and also that you're enthusiast of like changing the the whole whole field so yeah Okay, let's move on to discussing legal design for law students. Um, We were very excited when we heard that DOT is organizing a legal design course for law degree students at the University of Helsinki. And when this episode comes out, the course has already started in mid-March. Could you guys tell us about the overall content of the course? For example, like what legal design skills students are learning there? Of course, we are really excited about the, the course. That was our number one goal almost when, when starting to think about the like legal design outcomes, like we want, uh, like to call them like the goals of our work as, as well. So we thought about the course in our first year as well, but we knew that we don't yet have the resources. Uh, me and Kiki were both students at the time. Now we are graduated. So of course we have our hands on like in daily basis in every work uh, and the project we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was like, it, it happened really quickly as well. Like when we had the idea and we sent the first message, it took only a couple of weeks to get like uh, the message back from the university that this is really possible. Uh, oh wow, are, that's quick. Uh, it, it happened really quickly, but we were also yeah. ready to. We were also uh, ready to do it free of charge. So this is just for the background information that, like, uh, if you're willing to do something or if you're willing to like spread the good 
let's let's put it that way uh and you had the resources for doing it free because we already knew that like legal design is something like it's pretty hard to sell we are coming to that point later on but but uh also for the university we already know that the students will be really excited about it uh we had uh one uh, lecture in the University of Denmark, uh, the uh, Facility of Law. So we did a workshop and we redesigned uh, Kanye West's like music contracts. And <laughs> oh we yeah, had a, I saw about yeah, that. Yeah, we had so much fun like during the three, four hours we had there. And uh, the doctor, Alexandra Anthov, who is running the uh, the future lawyer course in the in the university, we also, uh, of course, had the like talks after the course, and like it really inspired us as well to see the students so excited about the course, and also their content was like really inspiring. Like I was at that uh, that time, I was student myself, so I had like few credits to go. I al- already had finished my my master's thesis, but I like it was easy to step on the shoes of like law students in the University of Helsinki. I just had finished five years there and I knew that there's not that many of like, at least for me, who is uh, really like excited about visual things and like design in general and so on, like uh, they don't have in their curriculum, they don't have any like design courses in the law school. So that's what, that was the inspiration and everything happened really quickly. Uh, we came up with the initial uh, schedule for the course and it has changed a bit as well. I think there's still the, uh, the schedule which is online. It has changed a little bit and we are coming to it uh, with, with Kiki. Uh, but if we start with the, like the concept of the course, we have, was it, was it eight weeks? Yeah, I think so. Eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. Eight, eight weeks, eight lectures. So we want to consider about, like, of course, having fun for, for eight weeks, doing something else than like reading uh, like law books and, and doing an exam. Our goal is to have really hands on basically eight week design sprint. So we have students uh, students in their own like legal legal design groups uh of course they will learn how the legal design teams work together also the actual client work so we have created this this mock-up case where we have this this uh fictional dating app company who have like their uh privacy policy is just a plain legal document with nothing visual and like uh really horrific clauses, like really long sentences. And so our job is to introduce legal design through this uh, specific project that our students will do during the eight weeks. So they will know how to, or after the course, they will know uh, how to discover the problem, how to conduct user interviews, for example, how to do the secondhand research, also defining the problem in uh, in the legal documents. Because that's not that's not like uh, in our like like uh, how how would describe it like lawyers don't know how to ask from users at the moment, mm-hmm. and that's why legal documents are looking like they are today. So we are trying to like it's just the 
in a simple matter, it's like asking the users how they are feeling about the document. So discovering the problem, defining the problem, and then finding solutions. So of course, we are introducing uh, legal tech tools. Uh, we have speaker outside of our organization uh, for the legal tech, but we really believe that uh, we should maybe a bit like demystify the word legal tech because like uh, using Slack is legal tech, using Grammarly is legal yeah. tech. Yeah, exactly. Using Zoom is legal tech. Like uh, we should demystify the actual term of legal tech but we still have the professionals to talk about the like technology that is really aimed for legal field. But we have so many tools that we can work on. We are using the workspace called Notion in our work, and we are introducing that to our students. Also, Mural, a place where you can easily do remote workshops, like the one we did with the University of Denmark, and also we are introducing some of the design tools like Figma. Uh, that is free for all. Uh, we want to keep it sure that we have all students can access the tools as well, so they don't have to pay for them. So we will have uh, like vast tool set uh, and also the the theory that Kiki can op open up a little bit here. Yeah, I mean, I I just want to add here. Um... I, I think I want to emphasize on the fact that, that we will introduce them, the tools we use, but at the same time, we don't expect the students to start learning platforms just for the sake of this course that we're doing. So basically the course is uh, it's workshop based. So we, we give them this document, uh, what we deem is actually a very normal legal document. So we're not trying to make a extremely bad privacy policy, for example, we, we, I, I think it's very important to make it as, as normal as possible, because there is plenty to fix in the normal privacy policies out there. So there's no need to, to overdo these things. And, mm. and then I, I think the point is what we want the students to leave with is, is um, like this new skill of, of being able to look at legal documents in a, in a critical way and then to hopefully contribute to better documents, you know, for that matter. But, um, but basically that's what we, if, if, we get, if we get to a point where our students have achieved that, I think we can all be happy and, and sleep our nights peacefully. That sounds like a great course. And yes. I love the idea that you're actually teaching by doing, because mm -hmm. I mean, I graduated from law school and I don't think I ever saw one single real legal document during mm. the years at law school so it's crazy mm -hmm. yeah and, that's um, true it is insane. absolutely uh, absolutely yeah. and that's why we of course we will have the theory part we only have like one and a half hour per lecture but we are we have divided the, the lectures to theory part and also teamwork because that's all that matters and uh also there shouldn't be like uh, we are trying to create an environment where it's easy to uh, present also the work. We don't want to put too much of pressure or like uh, deadlines or if you uh, don't uplo uh, upload your document to our platform before midnight, uh, uh, you will drop out from the course. So that's not the, 
We are trying <laughs> to create create an environment where it's easy to breathe and also present ideas and just be as open as you can. And that's also with, or at least it was lacking from from the courses I took in University of of Helsinki, uh, like. Really tight deadlines, of course, I get it. But if you return the paper like five minutes past, you get like, you have to write 10 pages for the yeah, next it, lesson or yeah, so. Exactly. So uh, it's about creating the environment and also like uh, develop uh, like critical thinking, like methods. And and uh, yeah, there, there's lots, lots of things. And this is, of course, we are newbies with like teaching in the university or at least for the whole course so let's see uh how, how we'll come up but uh yeah I, I think at least it will be fun and there's a lot of learnings that the students can take with them after after the course yeah can't wait to hear like the how the experience is and how it's going and what what yeah, the results are share. Uh, yeah. on LinkedIn like how does it feel to yeah. teach and how the course is going <laughs> they, uh, this sounds like a yeah. great project yeah absolutely we are doing updates we finally have some like Instagram approved content as well if the student approves <laughs> to share their work and 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 so on so yeah cool. uh, absolutely it's also fun to share these these things yeah not giving Perfect. us a secret <laughs> exactly So um, as we already mentioned, traditionally, law school has been all about reading books and then taking exams. But um, slowly we're seeing a shift here, and I'm sure it is welcomed by all. But um, from your perspective, Akuan Kiki, how important it is to learn about new dimensions of law, I mean, e.g. legal design and legal tech, already at law school? I think um, I would have to say I think it's as important as as learning any other field of law. So basically, I think you could ask how important it is to to learn employment law already at law school. And and obviously, I think the answer is well critical. But at the same time, uh, not strictly necessary. I, I think the great thing with legal studies is uh, that you can always learn those skills later too. It just, I think it just takes more effort to, to uh, shift your way of thinking after you've already like learned this old and, and complex way of doing legal work. And you know, after you've, you've taken up these old and, and moldy attitudes that you usually kind of sweep up from the corners of the university, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I, it's yeah. always harder to unlearn things that you have learned before than to learn new things. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I like if we like take a step backwards as well. Like uh, in my opinion, like service design should be already teached in, for example, in secondary school, or like uh, like how how these like we are using our like mobile like smartphones in daily basis but we don't realize that these are actually they're so hooking like you're so hooked to your phone because it's designed so well and like where, when something is designed well like in the first place it doesn't seem like it's designed at all so like coming to the fact that when when student enters the law school they might not have like any background like learning about like human centric design in any matter so that's why it should be like also 
taking into account in, for example, secondary school when the students are already like uh, trying to like uh, know their surroundings and like uh, all the products, like just to teach about how these are designed. And like, then like, I, I believe that like immediately you have to think that, that like, wow, that the law is something that is not designed. Like, you know, it really yeah. steps up from other products because I like yeah. to consider that we are really, we are working with legal products. Like I like to call them products because there are some like they're uh, produced for, for clients and like users. So if we consider those as uh, products and like students have already some kind of background, they're already like uh, armed with some kind of critical thinking when they enter the law school in the first place. So then if there's no like design courses available, the student like might think like, what is happening here? Like it, it should be there in the first place. So that's, that's one point of view that we should consider as well. Like it's not too late to learn it in law school. And of course you can take these mock courses as well, for example, but it should be not maybe mandatory, but it should be there. Like, uh, and of course we need more uh, legal designers to like uh, teach at these kind of uh, like uh, entities. And, and yeah, there's lots of like perspectives to this, this problem, but it's absolutely important to learn these dimensions at Three. least in law school. Um. One area that I think will be discussed in the course, uh, according at least to the plan that is available on, on the course page at the moment, is the relationship of legal design with legal science. Um, this sounds very fascinating and promising to me. Uh, what do you guys think? What can legal design offer for legal science? There probably are many things, but... Uh, for example, at a practical level for legal studies? Yeah, it, like first and foremost, at least for us, and the clear goal is to create a new profession mm -hmm. in, in the whole field. Like it, there's so much of research that we should do uh, about legal documents, uh, the legal processes, uh, the methods, and the, the whole work. We could save so much time and energy from our lawyers if we just knew the right processes and we knew the places where to implement, uh, implement service design, for example. So I think that's, that's like our goal to like create a profession and uh, make these like, especially the processes more clear and uh, that lawyers could be work with ease and save their time because we know that there's a lot of burnouts on our field as well and just to create uh, for for like legal science also uh, what's what's lacking at the moment is the the power of the community so that's something i actually forgot from the, from the couple of questions backwards about what our uh, students are learning from our university course is about the communities as well uh, because if we take a look of like design field, they they have so many communities like Behans, Pribble, uh, Muesli, uh, Pinterest as well. They had a community which is like 
stacking up each other. And that's something that like, uh, if that's something we can bring to the legal field and the, the whole jurisprudence and, and uh, also for the students that they would have a community where they can share their thoughts and like, like you shouldn't, like we're not keeping any secrets about our course or our work uh, in general, but that should also be the, the starting point in the legal field as well. Like if you have a really good clause, for example, why, why not to share it? Like it's happening in the design field, like, like everyone is sharing their work because they know that it will make the world a better place. Uh, they have also learned their skills from, from uh, they, uh, places like Triple, for example. They are copying their work and they don't have to come up with this like, or act like they're like coming up with new uh, products, for example. They're copying each other because it's helping the, the whole field. And I think like students should have this backup as well from the community, not like, like uh, was it Henna saying that you didn't saw any like legal document yeah, during your yeah. years? Like, like if you have a working community that's that already fixes the problem because you can like or software development it's the same thing you can see the code you can see the products you can see everything what's happening or what you should learn to score a job for example and that's something that's the like the bigger that's like the moonshot we are aiming for and we start with the uh, our university course creating community with like 20 something students and we are like uh, growing with our uh, uh, online course, Legal Design School, which is coming up as well. And like, that's something that could have a great impact to the whole like legal science field and also the studies and the, the, the work in general to create a new profession. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And actually uh, what Aku said about uh, software and software developers, I think, um, I think this, this question is not so much about uh, what legal design can offer for legal science as it is, will legal science exist tomorrow without legal design? Because I think there is this, this, this change happening or basically has already happened uh, that happened in, in, in developing some, some years ago already. But I think the same change is happening in law uh, this there's this shift in in power structures, and I mean I know I sound like a doomsayer saying this, but I mean there is this shift in power structures that has already happened. I don't think it's it's blatant yet, and and we have these old gatekeepers still, you know, we have lawyers lawyering the way they always have but at the same time we have all these these small things we have document automation we have uh, everybody seems to be a legal designer now so i think these are these are the the small rifts and 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 tears and and ruptures that we can see at the moment but the change has already happened so i think the question remains do lawyers want to keep up with the change or do they want to catch up with it later? And I think that's essentially it. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think there is like this change is happening, but it maybe it's still in maybe in such a like meta level that not people who are really concentrating on like smaller events don't really recognize it. But there is this like transdisciplinary movement kind of going on also in, in legal science and design is just 
like legal design is a big part of it. And like you said, Kiki, there, it's not maybe a discussion like what has legal design to offer for law, but it's like how they being merged in the future. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think this is something, you know, be it for better or for worse, I, I don't think it's it's something we can stop anymore. And I honestly, genuinely believe that um, this is something we have to do because basically, if, if I mean, this software developer thing, this was great because I think you can you can think about um, if you have a coder or a developer in, in, in early 2000s, you know, and you can make like a really, really mean website, you know, you were one in a million, you were super rare, you were very, very needed in an organization. But nowadays, if you make a mean website, nobody cares because you don't have to code anymore for that. And I think the same is happening or it has already happened in law. We just don't see it yet. So mm -hmm. if we just pat ourselves in the back and, and keep pretending like we're super mean lawyers because, you know, we, we make a great contract, whatever. Um, I think that's an illusion. It doesn't exist anymore. We are not great lawyers because we make mean contracts anymore. We are we are average at best. Yeah. Uh, we would be interested to hear about some legal design projects you guys have been working on lately at DOT and discuss maybe in general, how does the legal design market look from your point of view? Uh, is there maybe some design case you guys would like to share with us? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I would say one of our biggest successes, uh, if I do say so myself, and we just did data on this, uh, and, and one of our biggest successes, and I think one of our greatest examples of, of the change and, and improvements in, in business that legal design has, has to offer, is a, a early stage document, an NDA, we did for, for an international client. Uh, they, they are a museum of sorts. So they were struggling with uh, with getting their clients to sign their NDA. I think because of the very usual issues, you know, it's it's too long, it's it's too threatening, and they essentially wanted us to to shorten and to simplify the NDA. But uh, in the end, uh, we ended up doing a bit more. So we we turned the NDA into something that really emphasizes and and taps into the company brand. And, and the results we got was 80% less time negotiating the NDA. So that's 80, that's wow. eight and zero. So that's like mental. And obviously- <laughs> Exactly, <was> great job. <laughs> yeah, so obviously nobody has declined the NDA. And I think uh, this, is, this is where the possibilities of legal design really like shine through. Cause I think there is a huge business potential there. Like we always talk about the accessibility and, and the transparency. And I think those are obviously the most important things, but I think a way to get the companies on board would be actually to make the companies see the huge business potential there is. Because mm -hmm. I mean, 80% less time negotiating means a lot less money spent on the document and on drafting the document, obviously, but also negotiating the, the document. So to me, this is actually um, where, where the potential of legal design makes more sense when we take this, uh, this kind of a law and economics perspective or behavioral law and economics. 
more like. Mm, so I think yeah, legal it, design at the end of the day can be thought of as this uh, way of saving lawyers time, mm, you know. Yeah, and even though it's an early stage document, it's already changing the whole like working process as well. When you like save 80% of time like negotiating, which might be the number one priority for some lawyers from the company, so they will have more, for example, time off, like take a, take a Friday off, like you, you yeah. don't have any work today because you are using less time. So that's, all, of course, when it comes to selling our projects, that kind of data is also validating the job and why to buy legal design, because you will save time and money, of course, but you can like slowly, you can change the whole process because there's so many documents that, that are negotiated in, in daily basis. And like, there's a lot of wasted time uh, to do those. So, uh, and you will see this uh, reference shortly in our, <laughs> our marketing side as well. So uh, we will of course share it when it's, when it's done. So uh, yeah. Sounds great. Hey, um, now that legal design has gained more attention and people are, well, at least hopefully more familiar with the concept as a legal design agency, do you see this as growing demand? Because I remember that during our first season, we interviewed someone from the client side and they said that buying legal design services is hard, or at least it was a year ago, but is selling legal design services hard? Yeah, maybe I can answer this uh, shortly. Uh, it is hard still. Yeah, I can uh, imagine. <laughs> It is still hard because we are uh, like selling to legal departments that are not used to spend any money on design projects, which our projects are basically. And we are also selling from, uh, from the lawyers like resources, their time, because we like always need the client's team. Or if we are doing a prototype like uh interactive prototype that they should be implementing into their work later on they will use they will have to use time for that as well so i think that's like still like we are there is absolutely there is the demand but we have to create it basically or like there's too many like uh client meetings where we have to start with like what what is legal design so that's why of course like it's up to us as well to come up with better projects. Now, when we have the data about like designing the NDA, for example, uh, we could like create a whole new like catalog for like designing NDAs only. And of course that's easier to sell as well at that point. But like in general, the, the selling is still <laughs> really hard, but we are, we are doing it and people are buying it. So it's not that bad. So, uh, but, but still like we are working on it on a daily basis. Um, if I'm thinking I'm someone who's interested in buying legal design services, um, in your view, what are the most critical parts of a legal design project? So would everyone who is interested to going into legal design and acquiring services from you guys then what should one pay attention to i really think that the like the most critical part is know what you're buying of course you have to know that if you're buying 
not a full-scale project, for example, if you want us to like implement the, the work result on your website or application, of course, we are selling it to you, but it costs more money. So like if our clients are saving like uh, from the project that we will only do, uh, for example, information design and interactive prototype on Figma, and like we are doing 80% of the whole design work. And the only thing they have to do is to implement the like work result on their website, for example. Uh -huh. So I think that's the most crucial part to like know that if you're not buying the whole project, uh, you need to include your team as well. And like, uh, even though you only have the 20 to 15% left, it's a crucial part to like uh, finish as well, because there has been like during our time in the business, there has been project as well that we have uh, done a, like, a, not, like, like a minor legal design project. We have done some kind of research and uh, we have done a few iterations and we have created uh, information design, a wireframe and the prototype. And like, because the customer wants to pay, pay exact amount, like let's say 30,000, and uh, then they have have to finish it, and it it can take like a year to finish it. Like uh, that's the most crucial part to have the resources when the project project starts and know what what you're buying. And that's something that we're also paying attention to in every yeah. like sales sales meeting mm -hmm. we have, and just make sure like if you buy this, you will get this basically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, that the customer actually understands what they're buying. And also, I think on that note, uh, another very important thing is is um, is quality, because I think some, something is not instantly better just because it's legal, legal design. Like, mm -hmm. legal design is just like any other, any other field of design. Like, you know, when, when, you're, when you buy a piece of um, uh, IKEA furniture, and, and then you get these assembling instructions and that make absolutely no sense whatsoever, right? We all know that. <laughs> so, I mean, somebody designed those two. That is a design document and it's hideous and it's absolutely no use to anybody. So I think it's very important to, to understand that the, the same rules apply to legal design as well. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having us. It's it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun to be on this podcast and also to like refresh our like own thoughts about legal design as well. And it will keep us motivated to continue with the course and the client work that we will have. Thank you so much for joining. I mean, time really flew this time, and I feel like we've kept this going on forever. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Legal Design Podcast. Get to know us at legaldesignpodcast.com 